Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Society Talks with Joe Lorenzo. I am here with the beautiful and fabulous, amazing E.G. Daly. Hi, E.G. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi. Um, so first things first, let's just can tell me a little bit about you and how you got started in the entertainment business. You're the one that hired me today. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay. Seriously? Where did where I started in the I business? mean, let, like, just Seriously? a little bit of your background. Like, I'll tell them right off okay. the bat, you know, she's a major voiceover actress, but um, she, you started on camera. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I started on camera. I actually, um, you know, I actually started, uh, yeah, on camera, but I really didn't know what I was doing on camera. Yeah. So I had an agent from the time I was eight on. Wow. Yeah, eight years on. And I really didn't like it. I really, if I were to get really honest with myself, like today... Back then, it was not something I really thought was going to be my path. Like, I didn't like it. It wasn't natural to me. It was just something that, you know, my mom assisted me to do. And it was sort of the thing the kids were doing then. Have a commercial yeah. agent. I didn't really like it. but And I didn't feel natural at it. But okay. I learned how to be natural at it. Okay. So that's possible for those who don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And now for those who don't know about it, I, I just saw the reminder thing. Tell me what your one woman show was called. Okay. So I did a one woman show that I wrote and produced called um, Listen Closely. Listen Closely. And okay. it's basically, um, I mean, because in a nutshell, starting out is starting out young. You know, mm-hmm. I did a lot of acting. and But mostly what I did was I always played with my voice. So because I play with my voice all the time... Um, I ha- and also as saying, I have this unlimited range with my voice. I could imitate, I could mock people, I could do their voice and sound just like them. You know, I could I could figure out whose voice belonged with which face. I mean, I just have a fascination with voices and faces. Yeah. And so what happened was I had had this whole journey where I did start working a lot in on camera. I don't know how that happened either. I just, I applied myself to it and I studied. I took a lot of classes. And then I, as my career went on, um, I did music, I did acting I did I did this whole thing so in turn I mean there's a lot more in between that but in turn one day I woke up and I just started writing this book about my journey and I was like I gotta write a book I gotta write a book and I sat at my computer which I never really do for that long and I started writing like and it was just almost like it, I couldn't stop it mm. it was just like all these different things that had happened to Open me Open the floodgates yeah it was almost like that and it was so channeled and so it was coming from something that I had no control over. And I literally started thinking like something was wrong with my eyes because I was not used to looking at a screen for that long. Mm. So I was like, oh, my God, something's wrong with my eyes. But it wasn't. It was like people were like, well, are you on your computer more than usual? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm on my computer like hours and hours and hours. So, yeah. But I ended up writing this this whole like manuscript of things that have occurred in my lifetime and so far at that point. And then out of that manuscript, I was like, I want to put together a one-woman show. Mm-hmm. And I went to see a lot of one-woman shows, but they were all very, a lot of them were very self-indulgent. They were very like the me story, um, which is hard to do, not to do when you're doing a one-woman show. Right. But I didn't want mine to be like that. I wanted mine to be telling the truth mm-hmm. so that you would feel your truth, so that people would relate so that people could grow and I found there to be a lot of other characters in there I will say I do I I mean obviously you are the central it's about you but I found there to be a lot of other I mean your kids your mom a big I remember her being a big part of it and your ex and things like that yeah but I played my own character so that was what's so fun about is I got to be all those other people so you got to have this experience of life through me doing all these people which was really a fun thing and it was called it's called listen closely because it's all about listening to your intuition. Yeah. And you can get it where? Oh, listen closely. The One Woman uh, Autobiographical Musical you can get on my website, egdaily.com or go Perfect. to Vimeo. 
um, Vimeo has it up there now. So Perfect. Yeah. yeah. One thing I want I'll rem- I remember from that. I mean, there's a few, but I, the biggest thing I remember from that is you have a line in there, and I think this is what it is. Um, is you said for years, people because of on camera, and you you are those of you who can't see her, she is gorgeous, tiny little body and everything. But you said something like you always thought that they wanted you for your sexy little body, and really, what made you famous or what made, gave you your success was your voice. Yeah, but isn't I never, that something like a yeah, line that's in there? a really poignant thing yeah. you just said, Joe Lorenzo. Yeah, that's a really poignant thing. But the truth was. Even still till this day, I always still there's a little there's a huge part of me that thinks that if I don't like look my best or I'm wearing the perfect thing or my body looks the perfect rockinest way, even at my age, I still have that little part of me that's a little broken that I still have to work on daily, which is like broken, like insecure. Yeah, it's okay. almost like insecure. It's like. I don't know where I don't know where it's I've been really fascinated by it. I've been fascinated with how powerful it's been. And then you see like now it's all about Instagram and beauty and everybody is just constantly looking at themselves in their phone their own phones. There's so much vanity mm. that it's hard to get off yourself and see outside yourself. So yeah, my one woman show really emphasized that belief that I had that ran my whole life. That belief that I had that that put me in a lot of the Me Too movement sort of situations. Yep. A lot of them. I mean, to me... And this was... You did this before, oh, really. The Me the Too big, thing yeah. was happening all the time. I mean, I just thought that was normal. I thought that was part of what you had to do was just be very accommodating to people, you know. And so, yeah. So I've done a lot of work in that area. And so I don't feel it as much. But I still have these little moments where I catch myself going, I want them to think I'm pretty. I want them to think I'm sweet. Mm. I want them to... Th-. You know, it's all about what they think. And today, the the work the real work is about i think i'm this i think i'm cool i like who i've become i like the person that i've yeah. that i've turned into so to me it's 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 but it's still a, still constantly a, a challenge for is me. it like a battle is it like it, you 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 recognize it more so now if something like that's happening i recognize and, it right away yeah. and sometimes i can't stop it right away like i recognize myself wanting to like impress someone mm-hmm. with my words or with something that I'm doing and then I stop myself and I'm just like I just stop myself and I remember like this is gonna sound very holy but like God but I remember like the universe is in charge like I don't have to force things to happen anymore like Mm -hmm. I've done the groundwork I've done a lot of amazing work people have seen my work I don't have to like prove myself I don't have to have people liking me I just want to be respected at this point in my career but I catch myself I catch myself going oh I'm noticing myself wanting to give my resume to like prove myself and I'm like why am I doing that yeah I've already proven myself why am I doing I've proven myself to me which is the only person that really matters yep and then I have to kind of notice it I notice myself wanting to have somebody like me Mm -hmm. either or think I'm pretty or think I'm like have a rocking little body Mm -hmm. or whatever that vanity weird thing is and then I stop myself and I'm like okay let's let's go into myself and I realize like I'm okay like I don't need that I don't need that how did you learn that, though? I mean, because that's a teachable moment to anybody who's listening. Yeah. And you have two daughters, two beautiful daughters. They were big teachers so, for me. Okay. Because as a mother, the last thing I wanted to do was have my daughters, um, you know, be validated for that in any way or form. They're, my kids are constantly, I'm like, my kids will come up to me, and they're beautiful women. Mm-hmm. They're like 20 and 23. They're beautiful. And yeah. they'll come up to me, and my daughter will be like, Mom, do I look fat? Do I look fat? That whole thing. And I'll be like, how do you feel? How do you feel about yeah. yourself? How do you feel in your body? And then I'll ask questions like, what have you been eating lately? Are you eating a bunch of junk? Like, it's not about, um, it's more about like getting them in touch with like 
if they because it's a real feeling to feel uncomfortable in your body. Yep. Like I'm not going to pretend like that's not a real thing. Yeah. When you feel crappy in your body, it affects you. So, but my goal with them was never to have a scale in the house, never to have things around that really focused on that, mm-hmm. never to validate them for that. They ask me all the time, even until this day, even though we don't have a household like that. Like, do I look fat? And they know the answer they're going to get from me. I'm like, hi, honey, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on with you that you're feeling? Why are you crappy? asking that question? First yeah. of all, on a practical level, have you been eating a lot of junk food? Mm-hmm. And we. That in itself makes you feel like crap. Well, that's just it. Yeah. It makes you feel bad about yourself. Even if your weight is the same, you don't feel good because you're eating crappy food. It makes you then in turn feel not good about yourself. So I just keep a house. I kept a household where I just didn't validate them for a lot of that. And mm-hmm. and that was tough because inside I'd be thinking, do I look fat? Do I look fat? To yeah. be perfectly honest, I'd be thinking that like, oh, my God, I'm getting like a little roll on my belly now. And, I'm, and then I'm like, oh, my God, that's normal because I'm – this age now and that's what happens sometimes and so yeah we we and my kids are pretty healthy in that respect yeah pretty pretty cool there's another line i'm gonna keep quoting it i I swear i didn't watch it last night i swear i just this is how it resonated with me we just posted that yesterday yeah and I haven't posted anything about And I don't have time to watch that quickly. Oh, I'm like, crazy. you know what I mean? Yeah. But there was another thing that you resonated with me and that you you mentioned was something when you push things down, it comes out sideways. Isn't that another yeah. line? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So talk a little bit about that. If you're suppressing things that are going on so yeah. much, yeah. they coming out sideways, meaning, you know, you can't really... You're not open to everything else that's going good around you. Yeah. So basically what that says is, like, the more authentic, the more honest you can be about things... The, the easier your body feels, the easier mm-hmm. you feel in your day, the more the more bliss you'll have, the more at peace you are. Like, But most of us are really conditioned to, which is why Listen Closely was so poignant, because Listen Closely was about my little inner child versus my me, my big me, me. And so I was talking to my inner child. Which I remember that, which was adorable, yeah. you going back and forth. But what happens voices. is, in a nutshell, this happens to everybody, is like our big me is like, don't tell that guy you don't like him because then he won't give you that job or don't, you know, don't, don't tell that person that you don't feel good about the way they treat you because then you'll lose that opportunity or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But you're a little, my little inner me, like in listen closely would be like, but I don't like him. I don't feel good about him. Like, mm-hmm. right. The little kid is just completely pure and says, that hurts. You know what I mean? And the big me's like, shh, you know, don't, don't talk about, don't tell him that. Cause then we might, it's like it's a constant thing where we have to, you know, it's that's where it can, that's where it comes down. And so the adult person usually pushes down like I'm hurting. I don't feel good about this person. I don't like this job. I don't like it. I don't want to do this anymore. Like all these things in life that we continue to do because we're not listening to our bodies say no more. Right. Well, you keep pushing that down and then it comes out in the form of I'm having anxiety. Why am I having anxiety? I don't feel good in my body. I'm having anxiety. Mm. But you're having anxiety because you're not listening. You're not listening. And not being as open and honest as you yeah. were as a child. Because yeah. children are very open They're very and open and honest. So they yeah. don't they don't have a lot of the stuff adults have. But yeah, so you push these feelings down and then they come out in the form of like, I need meds. I need more meds. I need mm. antidepressants. And there's nothing wrong with that. People need antidepressants sometimes. I don't say, I just say, then sometimes it turns into, I need to drink more. If I drink more, I'm happier. Then I need to do more Alcohol, drugs. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Then I need to sleep with more random people. Because it's a cycle. Yeah. yeah, if I'm sleeping with strangers, then I feel better about myself. It's like it goes into so many different dangerous places when we push down simply, I didn't feel good about that. I didn't say my speak my truth. And so then I push it down. And then all of a sudden I start, it implodes. And you yeah. start to do things to yourself that hurt yourself. So it's really important. And again, another thing I've taught my kids, it's like, what's really going on here? 
you're, yeah. so you're feeling fat, but what's really going on? What's here? really the root of it? Yeah. And my daughter will say, oh, I hung out with this person and I felt invisible around them mm. all day. And I'm like, wow, that's that's So address painful. that, not the yeah. surface. Yeah, thing. but it's a habit. It's a bad yep. habit we do. It's I think we all do it. Yeah. Because then it all is based on how you want to look. Yep. And the, even more so in the entertainment industry. It's so bad in the yeah. entertainment industry. It's it's really painful. Like, did anybody read um, Justin Bieber posted? Uh, oh, my. That whole thing about how yeah. I thought that was so poignant about it's how, poignant. look, it's 20 years old and you give me, you know, $100 million or whatever. And I'm running around. Yeah. I don't know what exactly yeah. it is. But it's like, and I'm, of course, I'm going to get into trouble. I mean, I so thought yeah. that that was amazing and honest and a teachable moment for people, too. It really was. And, um you know, and it's it's um, and it's sad because he was just doing what most kids his age do. They get yeah. in trouble. It's just he had a big spotlight on him. Yep. But they do. They go through rebel periods. Some, some, some worse than others. Some yeah. not as bad. But it's a normal kind of process of of Growing pushing up. boundaries mm-hmm. and learning how to man navigate yourself in the world. And and so here's this young, beautiful young man who is a young man, rich and successful and too. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how much. How much stuff you can have and how empty you can feel, you know? Yep. And so that's like, that's the other thing. It's like, you can have so much stuff. Like, I, that's that's where I'm at now. It's like, I have an amazing house. You've been in my house. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Like, I love my home. I was it's beautiful. there in July. Yeah, my party, charity, right? Yeah. It was so fun. But it's like, I have this beautiful house. And it's like, but the really funny thing is like, and I have things. I have what I have things. If yeah. I want to go buy something, I go buy it. Yeah. You know. But the funny thing is, like, the more obviously, the more consciously aware I become of myself and how I feel about things, I really have to be careful to notice what's really filling me up. Like, mm-hmm. what is really filling me up? Because you know, like lately, like my house is amazing, but then I started feeling like I got this message. Like both my girls are they out of the house? Yeah, they just moved out. Aww. Both my so guys, just so you know, my daughters are. 20 and 23 and we've all lived together and we have a very beautiful harmonious household my girls and you I you got a great relationship amazing yeah. I yeah. mean it's we've got we've had rough times too yeah. but it's amazing everybody has their challenges and I also have had my daughter's boyfriend Salty State he lives he lived with us for three years who I love so much he's like my son and all of us have lived together beautifully mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I started feeling anxious I was like anxious in my body I was like what is happening I feel like I can't even sit in a meeting like if there's a meeting that's supposed to take like an hour I was jumping out of my skin Mm. wanting to get run wanting to go do something else so I was like what is happening here and I was realizing like my house is so beautiful and it's such a trap because you can have all the nicest stuff and then realize like it's not really making me happy but because it's so nice it's hard to leave or make a change with that because you're like but it's so nice but it's like so it's always about checking in with yourself and I started noticing like when my daughter was like mom I'm thinking maybe moving in with some friends I'm like that sounds amazing yeah it felt really good to me also it felt like oh that's gonna be a little sad and my a little bit empty nest is gonna start happening and then my other then my other daughter we we had a conversation with her boyfriend and I was just like you know, it feels like, guys, it's time for you to be taking more responsibility for yourself. And that came up. And they were like, you're right. And they were beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, everybody found the same apartment building. And within two weeks, they were all out. Hmm. And that's how fast things happen. You're like, damn, I didn't think it was going to happen that damn, quick. Damn, what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but what's so cool about it is, like, the minute you tap into what the truth is, that something is a little off, and I knew it had something to do with that. I was not being a good mother by not encouraging them to get on their journey, letting them fly, and start to fly. Yep, yeah, start to flap, get their wings. As sad as that is for mothers, it was like that's the right next step for me. Yeah. And so then what happened was they both moved out, but before they moved out, I took a walk with Hunter, my daughter, and we were walking around the neighborhood, 
and it's beautiful. And I was looking around, and I'd walked in these streets many times. I've lived in that neighborhood for like 17 years. I raised my girls up there. Because you had, an, I remember you had another house. Another up there. house. Yeah. I've been in that mm-hmm. neighborhood for over 17 years yep. in two different houses. And then it got so clear to me. I was walking past these houses. I've walked past and walked past a million times, and it was like you're done here. It was that quick. It was like you got it. You're done here. You need to get off this mountain where you're where I'm living. You got it. You're done. And it was like it was kind of like. It wasn't scary. It wasn't shocking. It was just... That's why you said to me you're going to be renting your house, aren't you? Yeah. So then right away I was like, eh, there's like, I need to make a change. Like, mm-hmm. that's what's happening here. I'm having ang- anxiousness in my body because it's time for change because mm-hmm. I live up in the mountain. And you are no, a little secluded up yeah, there. Yeah, I'm so yeah. secluded and I don't like see anyone and so I'm lonely and so... And I'm not in a relationship right now. So it just brought up like... And my kids are out. So it was like my kids leaving was a necessary part of me... Thinking like, okay, I need to make a change. So then I pulled the house together and I vacation rent it because it's lovely. It's like a resort home. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I vacation rent it and right away I start getting renters. So that's another sign I'm making the right move because it happens so fast. Mm -hmm. you know. And so for me today, it's been a lot about like noticing where I'm feeling stagnant. Like career's been a little, feeling a little weird lately for me. And I've always had it in killer career. Like, oh, since I've known you, like I'm always doing something. Yep. But lately it's been feeling stagnant. And I like to be totally honest about stuff like that. So people don't see me on the street and go, oh my God, that woman, she's like so She's crazy. got it all she's together. Everything. Yeah. But you don't know. It's like there's been, it's been slow lately. Like, yeah, there's nothing I would love more than to be in some crazy Quentin Tarantino film doing some cr- amazing, crazy role. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, she was in The Devil's Rejects, yes. Well, that's Rob Zombie. Oh, that's Rob Zombie, that's and right. that's yeah, yeah. funny because, um, yeah, and then I was in another Rob Zombie, 31, and actually Rob Zombie's um, Three from Hell, which is like another sequel. I'm not in it, but he just he just emailed me to come to the premiere because the whole cast of all the sequels will be there. It'll just be a lot of fun. But anyway, so what I'm saying is, like, it's been slow, but what that does say to me is, like, what am I not doing that's different that I need to challenge myself to? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know right now. Like, to be honest, like, I don't know. I've been trying to figure it out. Yeah. That's why it's like. And that's okay not to is, know. You don't have to have it together it all the okay. time. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. But it's not comfortable. Right. It's like that thing they talk about being in the it hallway. Is, it's uneasy. Yeah. Like, yeah, where is it coming from next? Or because you're so fulfilled. I know you too this way, oh. but I'm also the same way. Mm-hmm. We're so fulfilled by work. We have, it's, It is a huge part of what yeah. we, who we are. Yeah. You know? And so when it is uh, kind of weird, and I've been in those situations too, and I'm like, and that's why, two, remember two years ago, I said, I'm done with managing. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. I completely what walked away. That? I just, it just, it no longer made me happy. And it took a year, about a year or a little over a year yeah. for me to fully realize it because I was making money. I had clients on series. I was doing okay. And I said, I just had to get rid of that. This is what my life was for the last 17 years. That's and hard to do, Joe. Yes, and walk away and say, can I, first of all, can I do this financially? Yes, I can. And then yeah. second, second of all, can I do this and not because it was a big part not have of me. FOMO? Yeah. Like, what yeah. If, what if your friend who's been doing it right along with you all of a sudden blows up as this? That, those are the Well, I have to like... say, one of the managers that worked for me, that happened. Oh, he yeah. got a client on a series that I we had, had managed yeah. together. And right away I was like, nope, I'm good. Nope, no, no, no. And I yeah. still realized that I had made the right decision. I still, to this good day, I know you. I that's made a, the right decision. That's, that's a tough thing to do because, like, you know, like there's a lot of times where I think to myself, 
I have such a fascination with like animals. Like, mm. like I've always thought it was, I thought it was going to be a veterinarian when I was a kid. I used to volunteer at hospitals for dogs. Like I can administer, I can take care of animals. Like I'm a, a nurse. It's okay. like I'm a nurse. Like yeah. I used to have a secret fantasy of like, I want to go to paramedic school. And then I want to be a paramedic. Like those are my thoughts. And yeah. it's like, and I think, what, what is that? But I've done, I've done acting my whole life. I've done voiceover. I mean, you know, all these shows, cartoons, voiceover, Tommy Pickles. Butterfly. Well, I was going to say, let's, because you, you did quickly, you, you did her little girl voice from Listen Closely, yeah. which is the young you, which is great. She so, sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah go ahead, do that one. She's like, but I don't like that so very much. Yeah. And now let's hear Tommy. Ah, oh, baby, got to do what a baby got to do. <laughs> Hold on your deck beat. We're going in. I love it. And now Buttercup. Listen, Mojo Dojo, I'm going to whoop your hiney. Oh, my God. It's so amazing that you can go in between so many of them. <laughs> uh, what is the baby feet? Uh, happy feet and baby well, mumbles. Well, happy feet was just a baby. Baby mumble was like, feeding. Yeah. And then you do, like, I mean, I saw, I forget that thing that you had sent me. It's like a collage, and I'll post yeah. it. When I, when this goes yeah. up, I'll post it, because yeah. it really is remarkable how many characters. That was a while ago, too. There's do you know how many? Total? I don't know. Yeah, it's a I lot. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Hundreds and you've been and with, have you been with the same agent for? Well, that's the thing, Joe. That's the thing. Uh-oh, did we, <laughs> am I bringing up something else that we shouldn't no, bring up? No, there's nothing. I feel like I have nothing not to really share because everything to me teaches and helps people. So, no. No, I was with the same agent my whole career. Yes. My career, he found me yep. doing a play, and he plucked me out and was like, you're really good at your voice. And I booked, I booked all my big shows. I booked Tommy Pickles and Rugrats, and I did all these shows working with this guy who believed in me. Mm-hmm. Who's amazing. He's like my brother. I threw his baby shower. Great, great, great. For 20 or more than 20 something years, I've been with that same agent. But what's happened is it's like in the last like <coughs> maybe eight years, what happens I started noticing like it would just seem slower and slower, but I wasn't paying attention because I'm like you. I'm so resourceful. I'm so busy all the time mm-hmm. doing whatever. I write music. I record a lot songs for film and TV. So what happened was I stopped paying attention that voiceover was kind of like slower and very different because now there's a lot of non-union jobs they're casting. And I was like, I just started paying attention to like the numbers, the time, the amount of jobs. I started getting clarity about all that. I started literally writing it down like, what did I make the last eight years in voice? And how many jobs have I booked? And I just got clarity like and it, like you have two bananas in that bowl, two pears, and six tangerines. It, it was just like an inventory of what I was doing. Yeah. And I realized that it wasn't as thriving as it had been. And I thought eight years is enough time to watch it not be as thriving. And then it was time to make a shift. And so then I – this is how I knew. I just thought that really lightly. But then I a friend of mine had invited me to um, her – voiceover Christmas party for her voiceover agency. She's like, you want to come to my party for... And I was like, Melinda, she's one of my great friends. She's a comedian, super funny. Okay. So I was like, sure, I'll come with you. So we walk up into this party, this Christmas party, and and I'm walking into this room. It's kind of dark, and it's filled with people. And all of a sudden, it was like being in a movie. It was like everything was slow motion, and all these faces turned towards me. Like, it, that's what happened, literally. Mm. Everybody was looking at me. Because a lot of people knew who I was, so it was like, Ajay, especially Ajay. in that world, yeah, yeah. Of course. And so, and then the head of that agency was like, "Oh my God, I've been trying to get you for a long time." Like he said something like that to me, and I was like, laugh. I go, oh, "That's funny," you know. I wasn't there for any reason other than to be with my friend yeah. at a party. And then I started seeing all these people that were with, were at my agency, 
like a lot of people. And now, now at this. Yeah, at this other agency. And I was like, oh, my God, so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm not going to mention any names to protect Yeah. yeah. But okay. then everybody I talked to was like, oh, it's so nice to see you. What are you doing here? I was like, what are you doing here? And they were like, oh, my God, I, I left um, that agency like this many years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, seven years ago. Everybody had a different number, but basically a while ago. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was thinking to myself, where have I been? Like, has everybody like awake, a little more awake and present? So they're noticing things and they're making shifts. Now I'm not saying that agency is amazing. They're, yeah. My agency is amazing. And they, and they broke off from a large agency. Yeah, it's and an then, amazing, it's one yeah. of the top agencies. Yeah. A, they are one of the best. Yeah. I mean, I but that there. doesn't necessarily mean it's the best for you. That's right. You know, and that's all yeah. it was. And maybe for these people. But then I started asking, like, what happened? I was like, oh, I just felt like I needed to change the energy. I wasn't working as much. Whatever those people that mm-hmm. those people needed to change. But I, what it did was it woke me up to like, wow, I haven't been paying attention. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't been paying attention to my own journey as far as like, where am I still lit up? Like, where am I walking lit up? And that's when, that's also that thing of like not noticing that is when you can fall into like weird depressions. I'm not saying that because I'm a pretty happy person, but you can (laughs) fall into weird little depressions or feeling like you're just not happy. And really all that is, is not being awake to the changes that are happening in your life. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of those aha moments where I had to be like, wow, all these people that I know like have moved on, moved because of these reasons. And I have some of those same reasons. And and so what have I been doing? So then I went to make a change and then it was like, no, 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 don't leave. Don't leave. We love you. We love you. We, we'll, we'll, Of course, yeah. They didn't want me to leave because they were like family. We're like family. And yeah. I didn't want to leave. So I stayed another year. I stayed another year and it was kind of similar, but there was a lot of energy, a lot of intention behind wanting me wanting to stay. But it still wasn't shifting, not because of anything they were doing or not doing or anything I was doing. We were all doing our best. Literally, Mm -hmm. but it was still like sometimes you just need to flip the soil. Yep. You need to freaking, like a farmer flips the soil so that new things can grow. Yeah. And that's what happened. So I, I basically then I, I made a move and that's what happened. So, yeah. And I'm still like, I love my new agents. They're amazing. I love my old agents, even though it was hard to leave them and it was sad. I love them. They were my family. I have so much gratitude for them, but it's still. I love them. Like, I really honestly can say they were like my family. Mm-hmm. But I still, even having moved move to another agency, I'm still having, and I love them, I'm still having those thoughts like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, mm. I don't know if I love this. Is that self-doubt or is that because of all the other things that, no, that, that, around you? No, I think it's because... Or in the industry. I think it's because the industry is a bit different. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is a different game now. A lot of it is in voiceover. It's for those of you that are interested in voiceover. And by the way, I have a voiceover seminar that's available on Vimeo and on my website. So go to my website. You click on and log in. Yeah, log in to Vimeo. Also my handles, which are real egdaily. Um, Instagram and Twitter. You can you can find all my stuff on my website. All the right handles because there's a lot of fake fake ones. But where was I before I tangented it off? Um, um, everybody uh, who's interested in voiceover. Yeah, everybody who's in, who's interested in voiceover. Um, it's a very different industry now because now there are a lot of non-union jobs. People can get the same people that are that are great. There's a lot of great talent. 
that are non-union, a lot of people are... And for those of those that don't know, the union is the same. It's SAG-AFTRA, correct? It's SAG-AFTRA, okay. and, and it's great. It's the same as on camera. It's just yeah. that there's a lot of people that don't want to do the SAG contracts and they get a person that yeah. will work for one rate and then they're done. And SAG sometimes, as a, on, a, on a producer side, I will say, to, to interrupt you, but yeah. on the producer side and casting side, SAG sometimes is not the easiest to deal with. So if something can go... Right. This is exactly. what hap- started happening in the commercial world because I used to cast a lot of commercials yeah. and then Target and Old Navy and all these the, the big bigger jobs went non-union yeah and people were thinking well one we're gonna make less money no they're still t- paying 25 grand for you to go and yeah. do it but they don't have to deal with all the red tape from the union that's right which is a shame that's right because they're not protecting you who is in union that's right and yeah. so that that makes it tough so I know a lot of people that are have children and have to pay for school and and don't have enough money doing union job mm-hmm. to wait for that one union job and a lot of them are like I have to go do non-union I have to do FICOR which is where Financial you, core, you yeah. sign you sign basically some rights away that you don't get with SAG and it's sad for some people they don't want to do that but they have to pay their bills and they have to feed yeah. their children so you know people do what they got to do but what I'm saying is so things are things are different and I'm not even so I'm not even so sure I'll cross the board. I mean, I know there's a lot of people working. I have all my friends. There's a lot of people working. I work a lot. I work a lot. I'm really blessed and grateful. But I'm still I'm still at a place now where, like, to me, auditioning is not what I want to be doing at this point in my life. So what that does do is it's, like, it's made me uncomfortable. It's made me uncomfortable to where it's, like, I don't mind. It. It's, like, auditioning. But it's like at this point in my in my career, it's like I don't want to play the numbers game anymore. Like mm-hmm. everybody's doing like because I did that. I calculated it, guys. I actually wrote I've been all about clarity lately because it's so good. But I actually wrote down how many auditions I went on. This is me. I'm EJ like I've worked a ton in my life. I calculated how many I did in a year. It was probably 260 auditions that I have to now, which is another different part of business where you have to go into your own booth. So I have my own booth in my house. Yeah. I have to do my- Your voiceover recording booth. Yeah, I have my own recording booth like this sort of setup. I go in it. I do my own takes, a bunch of them, and then I edit them myself. Now, I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to be like editing my own voice tapes. That's not something that I want to do. I can do it, but it's a lot of time and a lot of hours. So I have to ask myself, like, does that work for me? Like, I don't want to be doing something all day where I'm having a knot in my stomach because I don't want to have to do this. Right. This is not what I want to do. Or you have a deadline. You, have you, to have like, de- you always yeah. have deadlines. Yeah. You're always having to rush them. And then I feel I've noticed like I'm in the booth for hours. Hours will pass. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, it's like three hours later. I've been sitting in this booth editing for one audition that I, that I don't book, that I didn't book. Wow. So times 260, I have to say to myself, I don't like that. Yeah. That's just me. My best friend, Debbie Derryberry, who's an amazing voice of ever actress and she teaches uh, classes and everybody goes to her classes. Her classes are filled so if you want to take a good class try to get on those wait lists. But she she loves doing those auditions. She does them all day. Like it's a different feeling. Me, I think, um, I think because I have so many other things calling to me. Like mm-hmm. I, lo- I love doing on camera. I love doing like crazy roles. I do a lot of crazy roles. So that calls You do some fun shit on it's camera. It's so much actually. fun. But I don't like having to do all those castings for nothing. Like I rather... Wait till people that know me hire me. Like Rob Zombie will, will call yeah. my agents. They have a role for EG. 
and can she come can she do it and it's yeah. like i prefer that that's not the way it is it's- well it wasn't and it wasn't the way it is like so for those of the listening if you're especially if you're a young actor that's aspiring to do it it's not definitely not how if, how you get into it you don't sit back and wait for it no, but you once you reach a level that you have yeah. reached i i don't blame you for saying you know my work i have a i also have a body of it i'm sure you have a yeah. reel of it or whatever it may yeah. be and they can see it yeah. it's not as if you know you're brand new where they have to see you fully audition or fully make this character come to life if it's something that they they know you've done before you can do or it's in your wheelhouse yeah. why not you know that's that's exactly right but also here's another beautiful thing that i needed to be reminded of by my daughter was my daughter does a lot of self tapes and she's fantastic she's yeah. a great actress she's beautiful too she goes by the hunter daily on insta and my other daughter goes by I am not Mike Tyson on Instagram. Go check them out. They're really beautiful. But they're also beautiful people, beautiful souls, brilliantly um, intuitive and and empathetic. Empathic. Empathic. Mm-hmm. Empathic and love animals. Like, we have a household that loves animals. Well, and that's the the party that we just went to. You were was like a yeah, dog an charity, right? Yeah. yeah. But what I was going to say is what Hunter said to me, which was so beautiful, because it's normal to be at my age, have done four or more decades worth of auditions and life and and auditioning for things and also to take notice like where am I actually booking to take a notice about it and it's like oh most of my jobs come through people that know me mm-hmm. and like so now I'm in a new thing where it's like oh, I might just like scope out what's out there and I'll pick the things I want to read for only and be very discreet that's mm-hmm. the only way I want to do it that's the only way I'm doing voiceover now too is I'm being very discreet and my new agents are really cool about it I'm like I want to be very selective mm-hmm. don't I don't want to play the numbers game. That's my hugest message is for me is I don't. But what my daughter said that was so beautiful was I was like, Hunter, you did some amazing work. Like every self-tape she does is unbelievable. And and they're long. The auditions are like they're giving them like 10, 10 pages. 10 pages these days. I know. I'm like, why do they have to do that? Like narrow it down to their top Well, five you know why they do that? I'm sorry. Why? And then definitely come back to your daughter what she said. Why? But because it's a self-tape. So the casting director doesn't have to sit through 10 pages. They yeah. just have to sit through the first minute if they like the, the tape or not. Yeah, and then if they it. don't, they shut it off. But they're never going to give you 10 pages when it's in their office no, live right. because yeah, they're not sitting time through for that. that. Yeah. But that's the thing is it's like it takes days. Like my daughter, I watch her for days doing these amazing yeah. self-tapes and memorizing all the lines. And I'm like – but then I said to her because I have to take off – her all my own stuff I was like oh god I would never do that I would never want to do that I mean it's one thing if somebody was requesting me and I was like they really want me they're interested I will spend all the time in the world but um that's where I'm I'm just at a different place than my but she said but you know what mom it's like school it's so beautiful because I get to work my craft and work on my self-tapes and every audition is just like another class Mm. and that is how you should look at it when you're yeah. new. Because it is. It's not a burden for... Um, it's it's actually a great way and opportunity to take advantage of the moment to really work on your There craft. was someone famous that said it too, and I can't... Emma Thompson? Somebody like major said the same thing. She used to treat auditions like a class, like a yeah. mini, like lessons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done that in the past. Right now I'm in this like, no! Yeah. Like I'm just in this like, I don't want to do that. But also because my soul is calling me to do things that are more... That are... My soul is just like, I'd rather spend my time like rescuing a dog that needs help or not even that but just like I do a lot of foster Mm -hmm. my soul is calling me to something much bigger so I do have something that I'm in the process of pitching that's for a show that will kind of lead towards something that's more that will tie into everything it'll use my voice for some of the 
you know, for some of the, um, you know, the speaking behind the scenes, but also, you know, I would host this particular thing that to me is calling me, like it's calling me to do something that's going to be globally something that will impact animals across the planet. Mm. That's going to earn money that will be able to donate money to things and causes. Like the thing I do now is on a smaller scale, like the fundraiser I just had that you came to was- What was the name of that, Terry? Toby's Small Dog Rescue, T-O-B-I-E-S. Toby's Small Dog Rescue. And they're like this woman I've been doing fostering for, but she goes and gets dogs that just don't have- any second chance at life. They've lived mm. a brutal life with a brutal family. And then the families are sick of them and throw them when they're old, get rid of them and throw them. And here's this little sweet, older, beautiful dog or that's been neglected and has some nasty infection or some terrible growth that they've been suffering with. And this rescue foundation, Toby small dog rescue goes in, grabs those little dogs. And then we have these vets that we, they work with. And then they do these amazing surgeries through donations that were when she posts them on Instagram they say go donate the money that people donate go towards these surgeries and then I'm the person in some of these cases there's many 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 I do certain dogs as I can working around my work but I take these dogs that have had these gnarly intense surgeries and I just love them up Mm. I just hold them and they're traumatized and their bodies hurt and they've been abused and I just basically keep them for you know some weeks until they're feeling safe again and then then we they finally start to act like a normal dog again and their mm-hmm. spirit comes back and they heal and then we get them a forever family and they get to live the most beautiful lives for the rest of their lives well so i have to say so i right. just mentioned that i you know i i completely walked away from being a manager but yeah. i'm still in the same field yeah so for me i don't i mean you can speak to this obviously a lot better than yeah. i could but how would you be able to because you are very creative you do sing you do these voices you do yeah. great you're a great on-camera actress you do I mean, there's there's a multitude of things creatively that you do in the entertainment industry yeah. For me, and you could tell me that Joe, fuck off, you're wrong or whatever. <laughs> but I think you would that would be a part of you that would be missed if you completely yeah. went to what you're saying about the dogs. Yeah, don't you? Oh agree? yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Well, that's not what I want to do. Okay, I love nothing more than singing. I write music. I have a recording session right after. You. I write songs, and you've constantly. had albums. You've had uh, yeah, yeah. I have. I release songs and videos all the time. Yeah. But it's a lot of. It's been a lot of work. And even just like when I want to do, like I just released this song called The So Pretty, The So Pretty, it's called So Pretty, and I had this little movement attached to it, just because I love doing it. And it was really fun, so you can go check out the song, it's called So Pretty. Where can they get, find some um, of your stuff? iTunes. And, okay. you know, again, the video is on my website, okay. So Pretty, but that was the whole thing I did. But it's like I'm constantly doing art, because I'm an artist. Yeah. Like on this particular show, I would write all this music that goes, that fits these these causes, that's very moving. So it's like I would never not do that. It's just that I don't want to have to audition to do my art. Right. To get my art out there. I'd rather produce a show where I can put all my art into it. Gotcha. So that's how I'll still manifest, keep doing the art. Now as far as movies and acting, like <laughs> I would love nothing more than to be working all the time on crazy, amazing roles I would love to do that. I love that. And then in between, do with that success or more money that I earn, do more and more stuff towards animals. It has to go together because I wasn't put on the planet right. to not do that. I agree. But it's just Because I know you. Yeah. yeah, you know me. It's just that I'm at this place right now where it's like it's really hard for me to want to go 
do the numbers game. Drive to Santa Monica and do, do it. fucking audition. I don't want to do yeah, it right I agree. now. And I, I agree. sound like a bratty no, you, person. No, you're not at all. But I, I don't think that you sound entitled. I think that you sound in tune with where you are in your career yeah. to say, no, I don't necessarily want to. Like you said, it's almost like throwing the spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks. You don't necessarily need to do that. You need to eat the Be best bowl of spaghetti. You're not where I'm at right now. Yeah. I do want to, I do want to do, do my work, but I don't want to have to work to get to do my work yeah. so hard. I don't want to have to do that right now. I have a question because yeah. your career has been fun to me to watch, you know, as yeah. far as like the stuff, the Rob Zombie stuff, the Dottie is, if everyone doesn't know that she was uh-huh. also Dottie in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh-huh. Do that one. Pee Wee, we go to, Pee-wee, would you go to drive in? <laughs> Yeah. Which is also kind of based on a voice as well, over a, char- or was, a character. Yeah. yeah, I love doing that character roles. I remember. I also remember something that you did, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was Cassavetes, wasn't it? And you played a nurse. I was smaller, yeah, I did. but still. But yeah. so, where did something like when 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 you kind of had a kind of charactery kind of career? Yeah. Where did something that was not that's not very charactery? It was kind of very sweet to this, the nurse? you know. Yeah, even yeah. though it was only it wasn't very big, but it was very sweet yeah. in this kind of gut wrenching movie. That was a hard movie yeah. to watch. Where did something like that come from <laughs> in this trajectory of your career? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're so good, Joe. And that's a very intuitive question because. Yeah, it well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't something that I auditioned for. Okay. It was something that Nick Cassavetes, the director, called and said, EJ, I've got a role. It's a little smaller than what I would want to give you. Yeah. Would you be willing to do it? It's just a little role. I would love to have you in my movie. And I was like, absolutely, Nick. Yeah. I will be there and I will do that role for you. That's where that was. Yeah. But then what, what happened with that was then Nick called me and was like, no, first he called and said, EJ, I have this song. This is Nick Cassavetes, who's a brilliant director. I have this song, and we were going to get Amy Winehouse to do it, but this was just before Amy had left the past, past, mm-hmm. past from the planet, and it's this really raunchy kind of raspy song, and and no, this wasn't, she hadn't even left the planet yet, she was just struggling, struggling, mm-hmm. and they had this song, and um, um, the composer, who's a Academy Award winning composer, was doing the song, and he said, we can't get, we can't get Amy but I want to see, would you be willing to try to do the song for me? It's And it came in the movie. It was a very big montage scene. So it was like almost like... So did that come first or the part come first? I think that they both <laughs> came simultaneously. He said, there's a song I want you to do and there's this part I want to... Mm. Would you be down for doing it? And I'm an actor, so I'm like, I would love to do it. Like, that's what I well, mean. Well, that's like, getting the be- best of both was, worlds. That's what I love, though, yeah. because I didn't have to go do the numbers game and sit in an audition times 500 with 500. Yeah. I didn't have to do that. He knows my work. He knew I could handle that role for him. It was a beautiful movie. My Sister's Keeper was That's beautiful. it. With Cameron Diaz? With Cameron Diaz, yes. yeah. It was an amazing, amazing film. If you're an actor, go watch that film because there's some brilliant work by the young girl that plays the girl in that movie. She's amazing. Yeah. But anyway, so he basically at the same in the same conversation was like, I have this part in the movie. I want to know if you do it. And I also have this song that Amy can't do. And would you um would you wanna would you be able to do it? And I was like, Absolutely. And it was this old cover song of Life is like a bowl of cherries. Oh. And so I went to go work with um gosh, I'm just totally the brilliant. composer. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's Academy Award winning. Um uh, I'm just spacing out, but he's amazing. I've and, been doing it today. And too. I went to his the studio and we did the song and Nick was super happy and 
and it's very cool. It's called Life is Like a Bowl of Cherries on that soundtrack. So so I have this scene as the nurse, and then you see the movie, and there's this ginormous montage, very powerful montage scene, and you hear my voice singing over that. Mm. To me, that was an ideal situation. because I, I didn't to, even know that part. I have to go now yeah, back and watch it. Yeah. But, that's, but that's what I love, and I just... I'm at a place where I just I'm trying to find that pocket of flow where more things like that happen, where I get to do my art across the board, but I don't have to just sit around in a casting office waiting to get to do the art. Cause right. I've kind of done a lot of yeah. Have you ever thought of producing? Yes. Well, that's funny that you say that because yes, I have a couple of shows right now that I am producing. One is um, an animated show that I'm producing with a partner, Adam Lorenzo, who wrote. Who's a great writer? Adam Lorenzo. He's not related. I'm not to me, you. No, I'm not Adam Lorenzo. <laughs> I'm like, wait, is he related to oh me? Oh my god, no, Adam. He's another Adam. Sorry. Yeah. He's no. a great. I'm talking business with you. He's a great um, writer. He's produced many, many, many things, and he and I crossed paths socially. And then all of a sudden, he was like, "I no." He came to one of my parties, and he was like, "A lot of magic happens at my house too." Oh yeah. He's like, "Oh my god." I didn't know you did this. I do that. Let's get together. And I was like, great. And we ended up, um, we have this show that um, we've developed that's so cool. And we've been pitching to all these major, um, we're just, we're actually just, we've had a bunch of great meetings and we have some more great meetings coming up. But so I've got that and I'm producing that. And I also do the lead role of that. But it's also like, it ties into all these things that I like. Mm -hmm. in regards to animals, and but it's an animated thing, so I can't give away too much. But that's one show that I'm producing that we're we're in the process of selling, and then there's another project I'm working on called Maddie and Friends, Nup and Friends, and my partner that I'm one of the producers on is based out of Atlanta. His name is Charles West, and he's this amazing man, who they sort of call him uh, the Black Walt Disney. He's like this genius, talented, sort of setting the. Like, he's just really special. He's just made his own mark in Atlanta. Animator? He's or? an animator. Oh, he's awesome. A, he's a creator, but he's got his own animated... St- he's got his own studio, and he's got all these people um, that are rallying around him to do this whole studio in Atlanta for animation. So oh, nice. He's really a trendsetting right now with what he's doing, and he's doing this preschool show that I star in that I'm also producer on. So I'm doing that with him. So that's great. And then I'll get to... You know, work in the realm of casting people. Do you enjoy it? Love it. Oh, good. I love all that. See, I want to do more of that. Yeah. That feels really good to me. Okay. But ultimately, still, ultimately, with whatever money I make and with whatever success I have and with whatever opportunities for my voice to be heard and for me to become more somebody that people want to hear... Ultimately, I'm I'm going to be a messenger for people that have no voice. That's my Mm. goal. That's my big... My big message is like I'm going to take what I do and I'm going to make something bigger out of it, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the voice, to be the voice for the voiceless. Okay, yeah. So that's my thing. So that's sort of what's on the horizon. Yeah, because because we're almost going to wrap up soon. Yeah. But I, you had, I think a through line from what we've talked about is sort of. If you're not happy, you have to make a shift. Yeah. You have to want, first you have to recognize it. Would you be my therapist? I know. I so <laughs> people tell me that all the all the time. That's why I'm talking for that's why I'm you're doing so this. Great. But but I love you. recognizing it, yeah. then making the shift. But where does the courage come to make the shift? Because I remember for me, it was yeah. scary for when I did two years ago to say, I'm done being a manager. I don't know how you did that. I need well, to talk to you about that. Well, I think 
one, you have to be in a financial position. Yeah. You have to be able to say, I can walk away from this thing right now and and be okay for at least six months to a year or something because who knows when it, what the next thing is that's going to come, especially in this business. It's, you know it. It's so up and down. The next is, I, you know what? I've always had sort of had an, an attitude of fuck it. Sorry, excuse me. But it's it. like I've just had that attitude. I did it the first time I produced a movie. I did the first time I cast a movie. I did the first time I decided I was going to pick that. up the phone and pitch an actor yeah. to, a, to somebody else. I, what's the worst ca- that can happen kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I still, I, I, every once in a while, I lack a little bit of that courage to then go do something different in the industry. But then I get over it and I I've do it. I've not seen you lack. I mean, I, I maybe in by seeing in between. But I, since I, every time you email me or you're like, hey, I'm doing this class. Or, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm doing this podcast. Like, to me, that's always like a yes. Like, when you ask me, you know me. I'm always going to be like, well, I will do it. I know. You're so sweet. You know, I will always show up for you. But because I love that about you. I love that you're constantly like... You're doing this class. Like, you asked me to be a... Yeah, and come and to this your month, class. yeah. I mean, what an amazing thing. Like, you've taken what you've learned, and now you're helping people to teach people. That's that's also one of my things, is I really like teaching people, too. That's why I'm like, I enjoy... I do a lot of the master classes with Debbie. I'll co-teach with her, the master classes. But there there is something there about speaking and, and helping people, and helping people feel better, and helping people understand how things work. And that's why I would say, like, even, like, um, though I was gonna say my one woman show, there's a lot of life lessons in there. About, oh yeah. Um, and also there, there's a voiceover, the voiceover seminar that I did. I did it because a lot of people kept saying like, um, can you, can you private coach me? Like you've asked me, can you private coach? Yep. I'm like, it's not really cost effective for me to take, to go do this for that money. Cause I usually, so I did the seminar, but in the seminar, I use it as an opportunity like you're doing. You're doing this podcast. But I use my seminar as an opportunity to not just talk about voiceover. Like I give you a lot, all the tips, tools, and how-tos. But I also talk about the journey and how we can get stuck and how yep. you have to listen to the little tap on your shoulder saying, try something different now. You know, those little those little voices. But there's uh, to me, it just seems like you're constantly listening to the little tap on your shoulder and you're trying different things. I have to tell you who taught me that. There's an amazing woman. And, and, and if I mention her name, you probably will know who she is. Her name is Dee Wallace Stone. Yeah. So I met Dee when I first gotten out here almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And because pe- I didn't really want to be an actor, but people who kept telling me like, oh, you're funny and you're kind of boisterous. You are and pretty you can funny. You kind of do it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, but that kind of thing. So yeah. you, you have a voice at like, yeah. I, people have told me all my life. But, uh, so I was like, let me try it. And I went to a class that she did. Yes. She did it on the, um, uh, the, um, underneath a, in a, a church in Burbank. And awesome. I fell in love with her as a person. She's really fantastic. And I yeah. still talk to her. I talked to her a couple awesome. months ago. She, I fe- but I fell in love with her approach. Yeah. And it was very much about that thing of being in touch with and knowing who you are, yeah. not trying to fit into a mold because that's what this business will oh, do to you. It's so hard to get out of that. Your agents will want to, want you to yeah. fit into a mold. Your everybody around you, it's like, well, this isn't working. Go try this and put this on and do this. And you're like, no, that's not fucking me. I'm not yeah. doing it. Yeah. So she really taught me that. She also did it in a way where she does kinesiology. She did muscle testing yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And she did a little pendulum thing. And a lot of people <laughs> thought it was wonky. I love that. I have to say... At first, I was like, "What?" Because I wasn't first up in the class, and she was kind of doing it, and I was like, "The hell!" And I just walked yeah. into Wait, the bottom. Wait, let me ask of... you: Do you like what you do? Yes, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. And I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And I did, and then I did it, and I was like, 
This shit has some power to it. It's bizarre. Whether you want to do it all the time or whether you believe it or not, but I started to really realize that it's bigger than what we're just kind of floundering around out here on on Earth. You know, that yeah. there's something in the universe that kind of pulls you to something. And she that she taught me that. Yeah. Dee Wallace Stone, and she's amazing. And, yeah. and so that's where that came from. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she she'll even do it. Uh, I mean, this isn't a plug for D, but <laughs> she but she'll even do it. Like one time, I got really stuck. This was like a few years ago, and I, I got that. really stuck. And I I texted her, I emailed her, and I said, I, "Can I get a session with you or whatever?" She said, "Actually, yeah, but I'm out of town." She said, "We could do it on the phone." Wow. And I said, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah." And she really did it. So it she just weird. asked you a question about something and then you were able to she go like, she asks like, this me questions and then she's doing the pendulum I think and wow, when she's not amazing. even around me but I think the energy that of what she's asking me is amazing. telling her something and then and then she kind of cleared it for me and it was really yeah. more about the talk than it was because I didn't yeah. see what the hell she was doing on the other end you know. And sometimes it's just yeah sometimes it's just it's about fleshing it out with someone and then yeah. sometimes it's just hearing one or two right words that are like yep. is that a hell yeah in your body or is that a hell no. Yeah. And like sometimes people like I really don't think I want to do this thing and I'm like that sounds like a hell no because it can't be a hell yeah if it's like I'm not sure yeah it's either a yes a real yes or it's like I don't really want to do that yeah and sometimes you have to take a vacation (laughs) you know sometimes you need to just like if you're that's where I've been at too I've been a little bit like I want to travel and see some other things because Mm -hmm. because I'm not sure in some respects which what the path is like I know I've got some iron I know Rugrats is doing a reboot Oh, good. You guys heard that. They they announced uh, 26 episodes and a feature, which is really exciting. I can't say for sure yet uh, where I'm at with it, but I'm 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 hoping that it's all going to be like, of course, they're going to... It would make sense for them to yeah, use all the same voices. But I still can. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. But but it's such a great show. Fingers crossed, it, yeah. Yeah, that it will be awesome. But but like, I think... Well, and that has a huge following, oh, yeah, too. That would yeah. be that would be really fun. But yeah. I think... And also just a great show for them to continue to do that had such a yeah. historical... Thing. It also affected the parents. And I the loved parents Angelica. Parents. I don't know why, just because she was crazy. It's just mean. I know. I but I think that I was like, I would be that. Frank <laughs> Angelica is not so very nice. <laughs> I know. So she funny. was so mean to all the yeah. kids. But she's actually, the woman that does her shell chase is actually so sweet. In is person. She? She's just so cute and sweet. She's darling. Yeah, she's darling, which is so funny. That she can play that. So People easily. who don't know, though, you don't do. You're not in the booth with all of them. They put it all together. Correct? No, sometimes no. To be honest, when we did Rugrats all those years ago, all those years, we all worked together. You the, did the babies, okay. the Angelica, the Phil, the Lil, the Tommy, and the Chucky. We all usually worked together in the booth back then. They don't really do that nowadays. Yeah, they put it all together. Yeah, they usually do. But with Rugrats, we were always working together, mm. unless you had like a day where you just weren't there that day. It's got to be a much more fun experience. Because as an actor, most fun. people know that it is a collaborative, um, it, yeah. you know, experience. Yeah, it's so. way more fun. It's yeah, it's way more fun. And they were still fast sessions, you know. No, in the very early sessions took hours and hours because the Paul Germain, who was the, you know, the creator, one of the creator d- directors, was very meticulous about how he directed us, which is why the show was so successful because mm. every line was so profound the way he directed everybody. But over time, yeah. It would just be like you'd be in there for two hours, you finish an episode. Yeah. So it's always nice working with people too. It's fun, funny. Well, it's a cl- the whole thing is a collaborative process. Yeah. Just like this is right now. And I thank you so much for coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but let's it's start Adam talking about Lorenzo, so- by the way, my partner is 
I would think saying Joe Lorenzo, but my partner is Adam. Lorenzo. No, you said Adam Lorenzo, but I was like, is he my brother? Oh, no, because no. of the same last name. No. But um, so so listen closely is a Vimeo and on your website egdaily.com. Yeah, and the one woman autobiographical musical. Oh yeah, listen closely is yeah. that. It's on Vimeo and the seminar up close and personal voiceover seminar. Is also on your um, website. also up there. They're both up there. They're both newly up on Vimeo, and the price has really dropped, so it's very accessible to people to and learn. And then music, they can just search E.G. Daily on iTunes oh, or something? Oh, yeah. I have uh, uh, E.G. Daily on um, E.G. Daily YouTube is my YouTube, so you can go subscribe there. Great. There's a lot of the videos that I actually make that are really fun. Yeah. And then just other videos. You'll see some animal rescue videos. Not animal, but animal fostering videos, too. But, yeah. So, But my website, egdaily.com, has pretty much everything up there. The video videos, the projects I do, the just everything's up on there. My handles at Real EG Daily, Instagram and all that stuff. And if you have any questions, usually I try to answer the questions. You, if you can message me on Do Instagram. you really? Yeah, I do. I try. try to get I to get everyone. some we- fucking freaky so DMs I. that I'm like, mm, I don't Oh, I don't know. do the, the direct messages the, On Instagram, yeah. Well, where they just do a little message. Oh, you're ta- are you talking about the ones on for, through your website? or what No, you ta- no. The messages... People just do a private message. I usually try to answer those, although sometimes there are some freaky ones. There's some weird ones. I, I kind of am careful if you're freaky or, <laughs> you know, then I, I can sense that. That's yeah. That's weird. So I don't really engage too much. But, yeah, I try to answer questions. Up there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Good luck yeah. to your daughters and flying the nest. Yeah, go and- find them uh, at, oh, sorry, The Hunter Daily and I Am Not Mike Tyson. I think that's hysterical. Yeah. yeah. All really right. Cool. Well, I love you. Thank you so much. I love you, honey. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And you can follow me at Joe underscore Lorenzo on Twitter and Instagram. 